Welcome to the Poetry Podcast with Magnus Basharat. Effects by Alan Jenkins. The title Effects is both a verb and a noun. In the final line of the poem, the nurse gives a little bag of effects to the speaker, the possessions that his mother had with her when she died. Her long life has been lived, and at its conclusion, the only material things left in it fill a little bag. Throughout the poem, the speaker lists objects that were present throughout and defined his mother's life. But effects can also be read as a verb, the effect that in life and death the speaker's mother has had on his own life. And there is the effect too of grief, absence and guilt. The first full stop occurs in line 16 of the poem and follows the word dead. So the first third of the poem is a long, broad sweep of memory and reminiscence, populated by references to the objects, the effects of his mother's, that the speaker recalls. And there is only one further long, sustained, pictorial sentence in the remainder of the poem, again only closed by the mother's death. So the two long sentences read as a continuous series of images that capture the speaker's mother's life and is only stopped by death. But the poem begins with death as well, with the speaker holding the hand of his dead mother. Scarred from chopping, slicing, the knuckles reddened, rough from scrubbing hard, shows the life of tough domestic servitude that characterises the daily grind of the speaker's mother. But it introduces the central metaphor of the poem. The mother does not communicate through speaking, but through cooking. She doesn't, or can't, express her love for her son in words, but through the way she cooks for him and his father and looks after them. Saucepan, frying pan, cup and plate lists the range of kitchen implements and tableware that the mother returns to again and again to produce and present her food, and indicates the small scale of the domestic life she leads. Plate is rhymed three lines later with eight, with frequent end rhyme and enjambement, lending the poem a structure and repetitiveness that reflects the small life of domestic repetition and provision that was the mother's way of showing love. Old Fashioned shows the speaker aware that the food his mother prepares shows no concessions to creative cuisine. It's just functional cooking. And the We Ate shows acceptance from the speaker and his father when he was alive, that neither of them exercised a choice not to eat. We are brought back to the present, to the speaker holding his mother's hand, when he notices that they had taken off her rings. The rings are effects as well, and for most of her life were kept in her dressing table drawer, as though material possessions, those things which didn't have a utilitarian purpose in the kitchen, weren't important. Faded snapshots and long-forgotten things, 
suggests that the speaker's mother didn't have many of her own possessions. Things of sentimental value to her, or things of beauty, as scent sprays that might signal self-indulgence or self-adornment were packed away, unused, as the real business of life was cooking for her family. Abroad, in inverted commas, indicates a suspicion of the foreign, a distaste for things exotic and different, and begins to open up some of the tensions in the poem, principally the parochial, conservative, working-class values of the speaker's youth, epitomised by his mother's cooking, with his lack of invention and taste, and its repetition, which he later rejects. There is also the suggestion of some tension in the relationship between the speaker's parents, as she wanted everyone to know she was his wife, only now that he was dead. She wore her wedding and engagement rings, having been widowed, not before, perhaps to show people that she might be alone now, but wasn't always alone. But there is also the implication that she didn't want people to know she was married when her husband was alive. The absence of her watch, classic ladies' model, gold strap, with the italics of that in the line, not to have that on, suggests a habitual punctuality, with the watch's functionality, not worn just for adornment, allowing it a status above the rings that were stored away. The poem then describes some of the domestic scenes of the past that show a young person's irritation at their parents. Watching soaps and game shows are disdain. With disdain showing the young son adopting an intellectually superior attitude towards his parents. The balance of power and responsibility between the speaker and his mother suddenly shifts with no explanation of time or circumstance, where the speaker describes when my time came to cook for her. So the mother was providing food for the son, and now the son for the mother, and the act of caring and love that that denotes is the central theme of the poem. The bland food the speaker cooks for his mother is a repetition of the food she cooked for him when he was younger, with funny foreign stuff in inverted commas, in the same way abroad was written earlier in the poem, again suggesting a distrust of foreign food and a security found in eating plain, unchallenging, home-cooked food. The tone of the poem changes again and some feelings of regret and guilt appear. Not all the weeks I didn't come shows the sun less dutiful with the mother's descent into an alcoholic haze apparent as she heaved herself upright, blinked and poured drink after drink. Heaved suggests a tremendous effort, and the committed drinking of the scotch that when he was alive she wouldn't touch, but widowed, suggests something driven and self-destructive. She drinks the scotch whisky her husband drank as a way to be with him again. The mother stared unseeing at the television at home, but in the psychiatric ward she blinked unseeing at the wall 
and retreats instead, as many people do in advanced age or illness, into the past and her memory, and dreamt of when she was a girl, and also of the time before I was born, or grew up and learnt contempt. The guilt of the son is again shown as he realises the contempt he felt for his mother because of her values, taste and background, all of which were symbolised by her cooking. Blinked and poured became blinked unseeing, and towards the end of her life she blinked and stared. She describes the other patients in the ward as poor souls, not really numbering herself amongst them. But her lack of autonomy and self-control is reflected in the behaviour of the other patients, who shuffled round and drooled, showing their helplessness and vulnerability, some of which she would have shared. But now she lay here, brings the poem back to its beginning, as the memories triggered by the speaker as he holds his dead mother's hand in a final act of parting. The poem began with the image of the speaker holding his mother's hand, usually an act of protection, warmth and togetherness. And then he returns to that same act in the hand I held, but in death her hospital-issued identification bracelet was all she wore. In early life, her constant cooking, scrubbing and cleaning meant that she didn't wear her rings. But after being widowed, she took to wearing her rings again to demonstrate that she was once married. But now in death, her rings have been taken off and her hands are again bare. The hand is blotched and crinkled as age and time have weathered them. And they have changed from being raw, from almost permanent submersion in water for washing and cleaning. But they were always moving and busy. But now they are inanimate objects that have no life in them, whose fingers couldn't clasp mine any more. The emotional distance that seems to have separated mother and son in life is again referred to in falteringly wave, as if that act of simple farewell is seen as being too sentimental. And fumble at my sleeve again presents an act of near-physical intimacy as botched or lacking conviction. The speaker's mother's final words to him were, please don't leave, and the next line, but of course I left, shows guilt now felt that he didn't see her alive again. But also, leaving her is presented as natural and inevitable, whereas staying with his mother would have been the exception. His return to her bedside has no meaning to her, and as an act to placate an emotional need only has meaning for him, as now life has left her. The last three lines of the poem end with she, see, me. So the mother and son are together, but only one of them is present. Adam Thorpe's poem, On Her Blindness, also describes the relationship between a son and his dying mother. And there are similarities too with Sinead Morrissey's poem, Genetics, which shares an emphasis on the shape and meaning 
of a parent's hands and fingers. Seamus Heaney's poem, Out of the Bag, is about birth and death, but also describes a son witnessing a mother's illness. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Podcast. More podcast episodes in the series are available from Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever podcast player you use. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.